Welcome to Your Business, Your Life with Matt DeFrancesco, your personal financial technician. Whether you've had years of success in your business or just starting out, Hylip Financial can help you create a vision for your business, life, and family, and align these for generational wealth. As they say, what happens in your life affects your business. And now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Your Business, Your Life with your host, me, Matt DeFrancesco. So, and as always, I'm joined with my very awesome producer, Eric Johnson. Uh, Eric, how are you doing today? Matt, I'm doing fantastic. How are you, brother? Uh, better than I deserve. You know, we're just coming out of Easter, so uh, yes. uh, getting in, and it looks like spring's going to be here. We're going to be in the 70s today here, so uh, spring has sprung. Yes, it has. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, if you can tell, my voice is a little little harsh this morning because, you know, with spring, for me, comes some allergy stuff, which is, I'm totally accepting that because as long as it's not minus 20, I'll put right. up with a scratchy throat all day long for, you know, some 75, 80 degree weather. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm right with you, Eric. I'm right, right with you. So, so it's always good to just kind of get that what you just when all of a sudden the seasons start changing and uh, uh, we're starting to see the buds come out. So yeah, always absolutely. exciting. And I, you know what? It's such a theme for 2021, right? Some renewal, refreshing, some some renewed hope and, and vigor. Um, I know today you're talking about, of course, small business and, and things that you're doing with your clients and some observations that you've got. So what exactly. are we talking about? You know, let's hone in on what we're talking about today. Yeah, well, you know, and and this is, I I think there's traits that I see in all business owners, but I see Mm -hmm. it especially in the auto repair, uh, in the auto repair industry and the shop owners that I'm working with, most of my find they've, they've all started in the trenches. And they've worked their way up. So whether they've had their own personal garage, whether it's out of their own garage or they built a separate garage in their house and maybe started working on cars from there um, and then just kind of built their businesses uh, from that point. Or if they started to work for another owner, maybe started to sweeping floors as a teenager Mm -hmm. and then have worked their way up. They've all, you know, started in those trenches. They've kind of learned the business from the ground up. But, and what happens is, but, but, you know, when it comes to the time when they're looking to transition, whether it's into retirement or whether it's like, you know, Hey, we don't know what to, you know, know, where am I going to go with this? I'm getting too old. Maybe it's, maybe it's physically becoming too demanding to do the business. Uh, There's basically three scenarios that, that these owners face. You have any idea what those scenarios might be here? Oh, uh, well, I mean, as they get older, they have to figure out what they're going to do for their own transition, I suppose. Right. If they're, depending on, you know, where in the timeline they're at, they're either right. looking for additional growth or, you know, it sounds weird to say to stay the status quo, but everybody has to decide that for themselves. Where are they comfortable, you know, because just like you've said on previous podcasts, you've got to plan out five, 10 years. So right. they need to know what direction they truly want to do or what their final decisions are going to be in the next five, 10 years to make the decisions to get them to that point. Exactly. Exactly. But the part of the, a lot of the problem is that they don't do that planning. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden now they come to this point and they really, the three scenarios that they face is they either shut their doors, they just close up shop mm-hmm. and yep. say, look, let me, I'm going to throw my equipment on eBay and I'm done with it. Yeah. They might sell to a larger shop. And this is what we're seeing a lot in the industry is where, um, you know, big collision uh, shops, you know, who have multiple locations or uh, major mechanical repairs will absorb these smaller ones. And a lot of times it's because the uh, the smaller owner does not have an option. Mm-hmm. And, hey, I just I might as well take a check. Yeah. And but a lot of times it's not it's not the same amount as what the business is actually worth. 
Mm-hmm. But the third scenario is that the and there are a lot of these owners and uh, a number of them that I work with that continue to grow and evolve their business. And that's really what I want to kind of talk about is what sets them apart from some of these other um, business owners. Now, so when we talk about those first two scenarios, they usually happen because, first off, the owner never develops a plan for the continuation mm-hmm. of the business. But the second one is, and I've talked to a number of industry experts about this, is that they never develop the management and entrepreneurial skills to grow the business. Now, with these successful shop owners that I've worked with, I basically have seen four qualities that, that each one of them have that, uh, that have allowed them to grow their businesses and also start to, be, uh, to begin to uh, create a multi, multi-generational legacy within their business. Mm-hmm. So the four qualities are they want to grow their business. The second one is that they care about people. And when I say that, they care about both their customers and their employees. Yeah. They, they think about how they can make their shops better, and then they're not afraid to try new ideas. They can think outside the box. And then the fourth thing is that they invest in themselves. So what I want to do, Eric, is I want to basically kind of touch on each one of these four qualities uh, just to give the audience a general idea of, of what that means. Yeah, and I want to touch on something you said a moment ago about yep. why the first two scenarios happen, right? And and the I really truly think, and just knowing uh, a few different shop owners like I do, uh, you work with way more than I do. I, mean, I don't even work with them. I just know them personally. Right. I I've been by their shops. You never see them slowing down. You never see them stopping. The only time I ever see him sitting down is when he's filling out paperwork, doing something that has to do with invoicing or, or whatever whatever he's doing in that office at that moment. He's constantly moving. And so if you're constantly working and constantly teaching your your crew and you're constantly having to do your books and all these other things, I think you're 100% right. They just don't focus on what that next step needs to be. So I love the fact that you've broken these four things down. Um, and, and I'm hoping that the listeners uh, take away a lot because this this goes for every business out there, I think, in my opinion, those, those things that you're yep. talking about. Um, and, uh, I, I just think it's invaluable. So you said they want to grow as number one, right? Yes. That's the first one. Okay. And, I th- I think, and, and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. No, I mean, you know, you hit the nail on the head. These guys are grinders. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they do everything and they're building their business one job at a time. And, you know, they're only thinking about the next coming car coming through the shop. So they work on the car, they do the invoicing. If it's, um, um, you know, again, if it, like in the collision industry, there's, you know, insurance paperwork they got to mm-hmm. deal with, but that's all they're doing. They're kind of grinding one time, you know, one car at a time. Yeah. Here's the problem some point they come to realize they can only do so much. There's only so we only have a a certain amount of capacity. All right. That we can do, you know, no, we all like to think we're Superman and that capacity is just a state of mind. But the reality is by ourselves, there's only so much that we can do. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is like the guy you're talking about, he probably just stays at capacity and just keeps grinding, 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 grinding. But what happens at the point where he wants to transition? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, he yep. doesn't have many options. No, I mean he's adding new techs, he's adding new people to his shop. He's got the base for it, right? But he doesn't have the capacity in his own self to to handle any more of the any more workload. Meaning that planning that you're talking about, right? And that and and that's key. I'm actually I'm listening to a podcast, a Jay Abrams podcast right now, and it's a guy who works with like ultra like multi multi millionaires on how to grow their business. Mm-hmm. And then, well, here's what's interesting. He says, 
the more time I get them to take off, the faster their businesses grow. Hmm. And I, and that that's how, that's I can explain because that's actually yeah. the philosophy my coach has, and and that would be that's a whole another podcast in itself. But again, you know, we they've got to look at you know how much they can actually handle, and you know what are we willing to offshoot to some other people mm-hmm. to give us the time to be able to doing the things that are really important. So the successful owners they're bold enough to look at ways that they can they can start to serve more customers that they can also uh, start taking things off the, the minutia off their plate so that now they can focus on more big picture thinking absolutely and i'm going to challenge i'm throwing down the gauntlet right now you ready yep i want you to come up with a podcast and the title's going to be take more time off to grow your business oh yeah I, I want you to do a podcast just on that. You could, uh, I know the information you've got. We've talked about it before off air yes. and a little bit on air. Will you do that podcast for me? I will do that. That'd I will do that. Cause I'll tell you what, it's a critical thing. And most people look at me when I tell them that and most clients, well, I'll tell them you need to take time off. And they look at me like well, are you crazy <laughs> because we're so used to just yeah. grinding. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it, it, there's, there's something about it and there's a psychology to it folks mm-hmm. too. So this is a little teaser yeah. on it. So yeah, we'll do that real soon in the near future here. All right. No problem. So anyway, uh, the second uh, quality that I talked about is, you know, they think about how they can make their shops better and they're not afraid to try new ideas. They think outside mm-hmm. the box. Mm-hmm. All right. And, you know, it's interesting. That's kind of the way I'm wired as an entrepreneur is always how can I evolve? How can I change? You know, even within the financial service industry, I'm trying to always say, where do I think it's going? And I want to be out in front of the curve. And that's how that's how these shop owners think. So what do they do? First off, you know, they start to look at their capacity and say, well, let's hire more technicians. Mm -hmm. They look at support staff and how can we better serve our customers? You know, customer service, customer relationship managers, you know, bookkeeping. Why is why is your guy doing the books himself or doing all this invoicing? He should have another you know, he should have somebody or a department that's doing that, depending on the size. Um, managers of each department so that now he's got people kind of driving the day-to-day work, which allows him to operate at a much higher level. The other thing that they do is they look at ways uh, they operate and begin to develop even new systems that will make them more effective. So whether that's uh, process tracking, um, you know, where's the, where is a car in a certain process, you know, of either a mechanical repair or a, um, a, a collision repair. They look at new technologies that are out there. I mean, there's there's the industry keeps coming up with all new great technologies Mm -hmm. and ways to make their time, you know, to um, reduce the amount of time they have in the shop. And as we know, time is money. Yeah. Uh, Insurance, better insurance processing. That's a huge thing because uh, the insurance companies are trying to control so much in this industry there they can develop better systems to be able to work with the insurance companies they may even want to you know these these uh these shop owners i'm working with some of them have even hired or or made a family member who maybe wasn't interested in the mechanical end more of a uh, i guess for lack of a better term a a sales rep that actually calls on the insurance adjusters to build relationships with them so that they can help make the process smoother when a customer brings a car into the shop mm-hmm. and is using that insurance company yeah. And, and then the other thing that they look at is is expanding on the core competencies that they have. So, for example, a collision shop may say, hey, let's add a mechanical repair shop because we can also get have, you know, that part of the business mm-hmm. for the uh, customer. 
They may, you know, have a rental shop that they allow either to rent or they might they might buy a franchise like an enterprise franchise or an Avis. Mm -hmm. So they have the rental cars available right at the shop to be able, you know, so the uh, customers can drop their cars off and immediately get into another car. Uh, they might open a detailing shop. So they, mm -hmm. they start looking at ways that they can diversify too and also create multiple cash flow streams. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I like one of the, you know, one of the things that you said is about hiring more technicians. Um, I think that if you talked about thinking outside the box, uh, I'll use my right. buddy Richard as an example. He, he owns a shop and he's the, the old guy, right? He's the old guy that he's still, he's still out in the shop helping these young guys learn the different things. Um, however, he knows in his own capacity that he can't learn certain things. Not that he can't learn, but he doesn't have the time to learn the new diagnostic machines, you know, specific right. diagnostic machines that they're going to be using for the newer technology. Does he right. make the investment in those machines? Absolutely. But what he also does is he makes an investment in hiring a technician that knows that machine. So my son just went through a transition. He's a mechanic. And okay. he was looking at a couple different shops. One of them specifically was like, do you know this diagnostic machine for this specific purpose? I couldn't even name it because I'm not that into the mechanical yeah. world. But right. he had to say no. He's, he's never used that specific machine. Well, they were looking very specifically for somebody to be able to do that because everybody has their roles. It's very similar to how you set up your virtual family office, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have your role, but you also have experts that, ex, you know, their expertise is in different areas that you don't have to then reinvent the wheel or learn something completely new because right. you have that team member with you. And that's, I think that that thinking outside the box or, you know, that progressive forward thinking, that's where, where these shop owners, you know, they bring in some people that know something that they don't. Oh, exactly. I, I it's funny. One of my clients, and he's got a smaller garage, but um, I remember at the time I was driving a um a, a, a VW Jetta diesel. Mm. So, and I, when I first told him I was going to get this vehicle, and I said, "Can you work on it?" And he's like, "Yeah, I can get it." But every time I take it down, he's like, "Well, I don't have the diagnostic tools to be able to do this." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I and I finally looked at him. I said, "Dude, I said, you know, first off, don't tell somebody you can do <laughs> yeah. you can do something that you can't do, and second maybe you should start looking at investing in these things and learning these things. Small. The problem was that it was a smaller shop. It was basically he and mm -hmm. his son and another mechanic. And again, they didn't have the time to do that. Yeah. But again, the highly successful owners, the ones that have this entrepreneurial mindset will think outside of the box. And it's not just, I can't do this. I'm going to figure out a way to get this done. Yeah, Whether absolutely. it's I hire somebody who had, just like you said, hire somebody who has this expertise or bring in training so that they can get that kind of expertise. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, the, 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 the third quality, and I think this, this is so huge in just um, in any business. It's about, you know, these guys care about people and they don't just care about their customers. They care about their employees. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one thing I talk to a lot of my a lot of my clients about is don't look at your customers as customers. You should look at them like I do as clients. And what's the difference between a customer and a client? A customer is somebody who comes in and buys something, whether it's a, a, a product or a service. A client is somebody who continually comes back that you are their provider for whatever, 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 whatever you're looking for. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, in, the, in their case, they handle their mechanical repairs or collision repairs, you know, and these guys understand that it costs less to have a repeat customer than it does to acquire a new customer. Mm -hmm. The other thing that they always look at is, especially with the customers or these clients, is they want to have happy clients. So I have one guy, you know, so they have a whole process, you know, and they and they call you on a regular basis 
to you know basically give you updates on where your vehicle is. Mm-hmm. This is something you know. Mo- I, I can't tell you how frustrated people I know in my family, friends who go to get their car worked on, and it's like, what's the status of it? Mm-hmm. You know, they have no idea. Yeah. You know, these guys, the, you know, especially this guy always is giving periodic updates. He's actually looking at a system now that will send starts automatically sending text updates on the car so the cl- the client always knows what status where they where they are in the process. Nice. He's got relationship managers that call to check in to you know see how they're doing. Hey, here's where we are. Anything that you need from us. It's going to be a couple more days. Anything that you might need. The other thing that he does is he makes a personal call at the end once the once the client has their vehicle back maybe 2 days later he as the owner makes a personal call to them and asks mm. them hey just wanted to check in vehicle running good how was your how was your experience that's awesome i mean that that goes so far when you know there when his uh, clients you know get that call from him they feel important yeah absolutely the second thing is is about they care about their employees and this is really something, this is a huge one that I see within these businesses and any really successful business that I've worked with is they value their employees and they want to help them grow as people. So they really work hard to develop a culture of trust and caring. And they also invest in training for um, you know, for their employees to make sure that they have the tools that they need to do the job that they want them to do. And again, so that, you know, I think that's, that's a major thing because most people are going out to work for employers or work for businesses and, you know, they're, they're going through the motions. Why? Because they just don't think that anybody cares. Mm. So the fourth quality is that they invest in themselves. And this is, this takes a a certain amount of humility for Mm -hmm. all of us. You know, my, my coach tells me I should be investing uh, 10% of my top line revenue into myself, into personal development. And these guys understand that they're humble enough to know where they need help and they'll seek out that help. Actually, one of my clients, it was funny. I met him on an airplane of all places Hmm. and um, we just happened to be talking and and he asked about, you know, do you, you know, do you do any kind of business succession? And, and uh, he was telling me about his kids being in the business. And I said, yeah. And he he told me about, he'd hired these, these other, these other consultants to come in to, you know, to try to help him in this transition process. And it just wasn't happening. And so he asked if I could help. And and now he's been a client for, uh, for seven years. But he's always been able, you know, he's always been willing to say, look, I need to bring in somebody from the outside. Mm-hmm. There's a humility that, the, that is needed for that. The other thing is they're not afraid to seek outside experts to help their business. So whether it's technical experts, you know, bringing in, a, you know, ASC trained, uh, uh, certified trainers mm-hmm. to teach their employees, um, whether it's they bring in, there's a lot of the organizations that help for, as, uh, from an operational standpoint, consultants like that. Financial experts like me, the clients that I'm working with, typically they're these kind of guys because they realize, look, so this is where I fit in with these owners. You know, they're basically looking for uh, a way to bring their families and businesses together. And they see me as a resource to be able to pull the family together, to help them to create that vision, to create and execute a plan to accomplish that vision. And then also to have access to, you know, the outside experts we might need whenever a challenge arises, or as I like to say, you know, whenever life throws them a wrench. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> these these are the qualities uh, that I see with these type of owners, and I think it's really important that they start developing that any any business owner, but especially the shop owners, start developing this entrepreneurial mindset uh, to help them to evolve their business and create something that can last for generations. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that it's. It you said it takes a bit of humbleness, right? They need to be a little bit humble to be able to, to do this. And I think it takes a whole lot of wisdom because oh, the, yeah. the, the shop owners that have that wisdom, they understand that anybody that pulls a car into their, into their shop could say, well, I could do this myself or I'll, I'll figure it out. Right. I can just Google this right. and figure it out. But they know because they've been doing this for you know decades. Um, good luck. You know, you can certainly do it on your own if you want to try that. Uh, but why not get the expert to do it for you in way less time with way less uh, headache and, and damage and you know possible other things that could happen. And I think that they equate that to their own business. Look, I sure I could learn all these different things on my own. I could Google this or that. But why not bring in those experts like Matt and, and have right. them run this piece of it so I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I don't have to spend all my time, which could be used to grow the business, learning right. something that I could easily have, you know, bring an expert in and do. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really the difference. Here's the bottom line on all this, Eric. The difference between these shop owners and the ones that are just kind of grinding it out is mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And the ones that are grinding it out are they look at themselves as, as business owners. They own a business. But guess what? You're just trading time for dollars. These guys are entrepreneurs. They're looking to create something greater and to create passive income streams where it's not dependent on the time that they put in but to develop systems that will then allow allow money to flow. Yeah, absolutely. So these these areas that you've covered, these four observations if you will are the um, the things that you're seeing with successful successful shop owners, you barely scratch the surface on this stuff. I mean, you, I you could have taken a deep dive. Um, if, if people out there that are listening want to hear, um, you know, or want to ask you, like like I threw down the gauntlet about a specific podcast, I'd love for you right. to do. If if our listeners have some things that they want to learn, um, are you open to having them email you and and ask you know about some certain topics that they'd like to learn about? Oh, definitely, Eric. I, you know, I, I'd be more than happy to address, you know, if people have uh, a good topic or they want me to go into much more detail about any one of mm -hmm. these steps, I'd be more than happy to do that. Just go, you, we have a dedicated email address. It's podcast at highliftthin.com. You can go there, put your ideas down there. I'm more than happy to take suggestions. Um, you know, I want to be able to provide value to the audience here. So, you know, any suggestions that they may have, I'd be more than happy to address. And also, if any of these things resonated with you and you're saying, look, I want to talk about my personal situation with mm -hmm. you just to kind of get a gauge on what you think. And if there's a way I might be able to help you, you can again go to the you can use the uh, email address podcast at highliftthin.com or you can go to my website highliftfinancial.com and up at the top you'll see a scheduled 30 minute intro call and as always I give 30 minutes of my time to anybody just to talk about their situation it's free there's no obligation to it and I always promise that even if I can't help you I will get you pointed in the right direction awesome Matt thank you so much this is great today Oh, thanks. I mean, it's it's fun to talk about this. And and I I like working with these shop owners that have this entrepreneurial mindset because we think alike mm -hmm. and it's you know, and and I'll bring them ideas and they don't look at me like a deer in the headlights. They kind of they get it. So uh, I, I just th these are the type of owners I really love working with. Absolutely.
So with that, we're going to close. I want to thank you um, and the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Your Business, Your Life podcast with me, Matt DeFrancesco. Uh, and if you've not subscribed to the podcast, uh, please click on the subscribe now button below. And this way, when I come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And it just makes it easier for you uh, to share these podcasts with your friends and family. So again, I just want to thank everybody so much. And uh, for me and Eric and everybody at High Lift Financial, uh, make it your best day every day. And we'll see you again next time. Take care and God bless. Hey, I really want to thank you for listening to the Your Business, Your Life podcast. If you want to be notified when new episodes become available, click the subscribe button below. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of High Lift Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment, legal, or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified professional with any questions you may have regarding your business or personal planning. DeFrancesco Financial Concierge, LLC, DBA, High Lift Financial, is a registered investment advisor. Registration with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any state security authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training.